Hello, everyone, uh, to another episode of the Scalable Service Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest in the building, and I always say very special guest, but today it's an actual very special guest, somebody that I know and work with personally. I'm very happy to have you here, Marquis. Uh, Marquis is the founder of Ditto. Uh, we've, uh, they create clarity around the work done inside of organizations through creating SOPs and work management solutions. Uh, Marquis, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Marty. This is great. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. So I want to start by uh, getting our listeners a bit of context on Dito. Um, I know you're working in a couple of different agencies at that time. Let's focus on Dito to start with, and then we'll we'll touch on the other. Sure. Um, can you tell us a yeah. bit more about what Dito does and how it helps uh, other businesses? Yeah, sure. So Ditto is a systems and processes consultancy. And so we'll come into um, businesses, mainly agencies, but, you know, the services can be spread out across industries. We really don't, um, you know, cut anyone off, but we basically come in, help owners of organizations, help leaders in leadership positions, COOs, um, those kinds of things to um, operational operationally assess their business and systematize areas where there may be some manual processes still happening. So we help them um, through process documentation, creating standard operating procedures, creating um, templates through different project management systems. Our main one um, is Asana. And so if you're working with us, it's because you're either moving to Asana or you're using it currently and you're looking to update your processes. Um, Along with that, um, we are uh, Asana Solutions Partners and HubSpot Solutions Partners. So um, really, it's a perfect marriage between process order and then workflow automation, right? Um, we're moving towards this age where like just things are, you know, it, it's becoming more important for us to automate our processes. As we get busier, we take on um, more work as we scale. And so we help the owners to get their time back. And really, our, t- our tagline is duplicate yourself. Right. Um, as the owner, duplicate your processes, duplicate your systems so that you can do the things you need to do and give all that other stuff to the people that work with uh, with you and work for you. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, give us a bit of the, the backstory, because uh, I was um, like I was mentioning before, uh, I, I know you were running MIDI Create as well. Um, when yeah. did Vito get started and why did Vito get started? What was that point that you were like, there's something else here that I want to go after? Yeah, good question. Um, and so Media Crate, I've been running for, you know, on and off. Um, started in freelance work on my own and then moved to an agency maybe about five years ago. Um, but, you know, really been in the digital marketing space for, you know, 12 to 15 years now. And so really what it was is when I switched from freelance to more of the agency approach, we're taking on more clients. And naturally, when you do that, you lower your capacity, right, to do all the work yourself. And so I needed to bring on people into the marketing agency to assist with client work, um, to deliver on everything we promised we'd be able to do. And I found that, obviously, I couldn't do it on my own. But one of the things where I was spending a lot of my time was in training and onboarding the new people that I would that I'd, um, bring onto the team. And so that was typically contractors. And so with every new contractor throughout the various disciplines, because we were delivering everything from paid advertising to um, website development to social media strategy, um, SEO, it would be me having to take my time to go and spend time training this person week over week, making sure they understand what they're responsible for. And then anytime they had a question or anything came up or there was something they were unsure of, 
guess who they're coming back to, right? It's me. I mean, there are tools like Google where you can look at it, but typically, right, they come back to the person that the knowledge originated from. And so that's where I really identified this problem. And what I needed to do was take, you know, this knowledge that I had inside my head and put it somewhere and document it. So really ditto came out of a problem that I found in my agency. And so what we started doing after that, we became HubSpot partners, you know, um, when I was doing MediaCrate, you know, kind of solely full-time. And we had this one offering along with digital marketing, websites, branding, it, and it was just called Systems and Processes, where what we did is we set up templates and workflow automation using HubSpot. And so it was really a subset, something we didn't really market. Um, and then it wasn't until... March 2020, um, where we decided to, you know, take it out of its small solo offering and turn it into a full-fledged business. And that was mostly because, you know, um, at the time businesses are shutting down, marketing spends are being reduced. I saw an opportunity for businesses that were one, displaced remotely for the first time, two, hadn't thought about their systems and processes, hadn't thought about how to stay connected, haven't thought about how to collaborate, haven't thought about how to do file management storage properly. And so Ditto was really born out of that, you know, the pandemic, the lockdowns, and the need for businesses to really connect to the work and connect to the people. Makes sense. It's yeah. interesting how uh, you kind of had the validation that there was a problem there by having your own problem, mm -hmm. right? And, and trying to scratch your niche. Uh, did you do anything right. else in terms of like market validation and making sure that that was something that, you know, people wanted or... Uh, you Absolutely. just decided to move forward with it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, before we decided to like flip the switch and, you know, go head headlong into Ditto, um, I connected with some agency partners and we kind of were just brainstorming what this could look like. And the initial offering that wasn't even called Ditto at the time, there was this in between where I didn't know what it was called. And so we were kind of thinking like, what could this look like? We knew people are at home for the first time. They're trying to figure out you know, it seems silly now, but, you know, how do you use Zoom? How do you right. use Slack? How do you use Google Drive and Dropbox and just like these, these tools that we rely on to run our businesses and try to help them to figure that out. And so we, um, through our, our, our own networks, we went out, we asked people, we did some market research and we just asked them, what are your biggest problems? What are you facing? What would really help you to really um, get control and visibility into your business? And so we did that preliminary research but then as, you know, Ditto was starting to become fleshed out a little bit, um, did some outreach through LinkedIn where we were booking calls with people in the niche that we wanted to go after. And so it was primarily agency owners because that's a space I came from and it was familiar. But um, basically my pitch was, hey, we got this thing we're trying to work on. If you got like, you know, 45 minutes, I'd love to send you a, a $25 gift card for your time. And I think we probably booked like, two dozen calls or so um and like just like took their time and really asked them really good questions people were so gracious um i think only one person ended up actually taking the gift card everyone else was like no problem you know i'm glad to help let me know how things go but we were asking the people in our niche we were running them through the business model asking them their problems and so we got a lot of validation from that process as well before we decided to really put our stamp and you know move forward with this that's awesome because I've seen that multiple times and I think I made this mistake before of just saying, hey, I like this service. I'm sure other people will like it and, and sometimes yeah. it doesn't correlate. 
uh, how did you uh, get the first ha- few handful of clients? And I know you kind of offered it yeah. uh, as part of like Media Create. Uh, but what, how was the process of getting like the first three clients for you guys? Um, it was, it was through the existing network, mm. right? And so I, I was pretty active on LinkedIn. We had clients through MediaCrate and through, you know, just the time and networking and being online, um, we we're just connected with different agencies. And so it was really like in the very beginning, it was word of mouth and through the intentional outreach, the kind of market research as well, we got connected to other um, agencies. So I would say from those initial relationships, again, these are people we're just meeting for the first time, no prior relationship. And they were connecting us with their partners, their agencies, um, because ultimately people were seeing the value, but we were in this kind of like in between spot where if you were an established business, a mature business that had a COO, there was no space for ditto at the time, mm-hmm. right? If you were kind of like on the cusp, you know, you're two to three years in your business, you're scaling up, you have between five and 10, you know, employees, right? Then ditto is the perfect solution for you again at the time. And so with, you know, exchanging that information with these new, you know, partners and friends and, you know, connections, we're able to um, bring in some um, initial business. And actually that outreach um, tactic helped us to secure one client um, in the very beginning as well, just through through LinkedIn. But a lot of it was just online connecting, asking for that referral and asking to get connected with people. That's interesting to hear. Has that changed over the last, I know Dito is, is Dito itself, it's been only a year, yeah. but has the go-to-market yeah. strategy changed since then? Or is it still mostly... Absolutely. Um, referrals and relationships and, and word of mouth. It's absolutely changed. Yeah. A, a lot of it is coming through content right now. I'd say the content marketing angle has really helped the business. Um, you'll know this obviously through the podcast, you know, you know, different content channels like that, but YouTube has been a huge driver for lead generation um, in being Asana Solutions Partners, creating how-to videos on, you know, some pretty advanced Asana stuff as well as beginner how-tos, but really um, people have found the channel that way and have either booked a meeting straight from YouTube or um, they are sending an email to kind of carry on a conversation. Um, another thing that's working is we're doing LinkedIn outreach, right? So we're running campaigns where our slogan is, you know, we make Asana fly. And really the goal there is to help people maximize on their um, Asana investment. Because like the biggest problem I see for anyone who is using it, um, maybe you can um, relate to this, Marty, but, you know, they're coming in and they're, they're viewing it as a simple task list. It's a, B, C, D, check those things off, but there's so much power behind it. And so the goal with um, doing that is to educate people, help them get, again, the most out of their investment. And um, the partner network has been great as well, right? We're part of various agency partner networks. Um, there's been roundtables and webinar opportunities. So um, getting leads there as well. And then through Asana as well, um, there is, uh, because we're as one of a select few of global agencies, um, people can search the directory and, you know, kind of find, you know, um, a solutions partner through there, there are lead opportunities, and then there have been referrals through that network as well. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like a multi-channel approach right now, which it kind of needs to be in this day and age, but yeah, there's no one way that we're getting lead opportunities and we're open to, you know, many ways of doing it. Interesting. I, I want to zoom in and, and get tactical on that uh, LinkedIn outreach campaign that you guys are doing. 
I was wondering if you could mm -hmm. provide, uh, if you're comfortable, a few more details on uh, if you guys are using an outside sure. partner or are you doing it manually or yeah, how's the copywriting for that? Any details for people yeah. who are like, how do we create a, a LinkedIn outreach campaign that, that is working for an agency? Yeah, we hired a growth um, consultant back in November who initially um, was helping us to um, better optimize our HubSpot. There was some things that I just, I wasn't, able to do or get to. And so I just needed some support in that area. And so we started with HubSpot strategy that included, you know, lead nurturing and segmenting within the platform, but then also a phase two where we figured we needed to go was to build this outreach um, kind of platform. And so what we did is, um, I don't know how much I want to give away, but I guess that's the point of the podcast, right? Um, through different like Facebook networks, um, we're kind of searching, you know, where are the Asana users hanging out? So we have we have two personas we go after. They're the people that are using Asana, and then we segment that into if they're using the free plan or the the paid plan. Um, and then we can um, then we have just simple outreach where it's just like prospecting one to one. Um, that is for anyone who's not on Asana, right? And so um, they could be using Monday or Trello or Teamwork, and the goal is to move them over. So. That's number one. But with the paid outreach, what we do is go into Facebook groups and find like the, where people are hanging out. So we're able to scrape those databases, pull them out. Um, we have their domain information, obviously, because it's all there within Facebook. Um, we can pull their their company domains, and then from that we can cross. We actually cross reference it with LinkedIn and pull all that into sales navigator um, and so within the back end of the ads manager in linkedin we can cross-reference the domains we have their titles we have their companies um, we have their emails and so we're able to build a list of you know targeted companies and related connections right typically second and third connections based off of those lists and so i mean the beauty about that is that one the information is already all out there Right. And if you're using it to your advantage in these ways, then you can get a lot of information about a lot of people. Um, and basically with these campaigns, we can say, we know you're using Asana. You're, you're one of these. You're either free or you're paid. The question is, are you underutilizing the tool? Are there areas where you can improve on it? More than likely, yes. So let's let's connect for a 45 minute demo. Let's see what's going on and let's see how we can help. Makes sense. I, I love it. Uh, zooming back out, uh, Marie, can you tell us a bit more about uh, is, I mean, I'm guessing Dido coming from MediaCrate, but maybe originally from MediaCrate, uh, did you start mm -hmm. it uh, bootstrapped? Uh, did you get uh, funding, outside funding? How was the process of starting the agency, if you feel comfortable? If you had funding, I'd, I want to get connected with those people because I've always thought like, yeah, it'd be so great to have like those financiers, right? Um, yeah, it's 100% bootstrapped. I mean, um, my dad, you know, taught me at a young age to hate debt and, you know, to only live within your means. And so I think I really took that to heart in starting Media Crate and it was just never scaled too quickly. Right, never overcommit, and so um, as the owner, we're obviously responsible for the financial health of the businesses, and so um, really, it was about um, you know not not stretching myself too much and just you know kind of going as it kind of made sense. I mean, right now, I'm in a weird kind of situation where after the pandemic happened, I thought Media Crate was done, really, and so. Um, 
the, I put out an email to our clients and basically said, Hey, media crates, you know, done. We're moving to ditto. And then it was the June of 2020 and things started opening up again and marketing spend, you know, people wanted to get back into it and, you know, start spending again. And so, um, that was all happening. And so I'm kind of in this weird spot is what I'm getting to where like I'm managing two businesses right now and having to manage the finance of the two businesses and, and not taking on too much. So yeah, I have to always be careful. I, I look at the finances pretty much daily um, to kind of see where we're spending. But um, what's nice is because what's happening at Ditto is I need a lot of marketing support. Mm-hmm. And then I have a full-time staff of marketing personnel that can power that, right? So that's really the nice thing. And then like ditto right now um, is myself. And then I bring on contractors as I need um, to to deliver the work as well. And so, yeah, um, that, because it's still in its infancy is one of those things where it's like, I can be really flexible. Whereas media creates like, it's good. It's in a great spot. The team is there and then they can kind of like run it on their own. Makes sense. Uh, what financial metrics do you look at? Um, and you, you say you, you meant you look at them basically on a daily basis, uh, but do you also yeah. do like weekly or, or monthly reviews of, from a financial standpoint? And, and like originally, like the first question, what, what are the key metrics that, that you keep an eye on? Yeah, I'm typically like going into QuickBooks. I'm looking at the P&L statement um, and then the cash flow statement. So with P&L, I want to see from last month, if I'm doing any review, what um, business expenses looked like because stuff is always changing up and down. And then I'm looking and seeing what we're paying out in contractor wages. Um, My like net profit is also the most important thing. Like I typically... I'm keeping an eye on that, but I'm not really, you know, gauging where it's at until like we're at the end of a quarter. And so then there are those quarterly goals that we want to achieve as far as, you know, top line revenue and then profit goes. Um, and then in cash flow, like that's really where I'm looking and seeing like and making the decisions on is it the right time to hire? Do I need to pull back somewhere? Are we doubling up? Are we spending too much? Do we need to increase our rates? And then, you know, from that as well, I'm looking at capacity of the team, right? Um, some of the metrics that I look at that aren't related to revenue, but are important to make sure that um, projects are coming in on budget is looking and seeing what's happening from a project budget standpoint versus the actual of that project. So I'm looking at that to seeing like, we estimated this many hours for a project, um, you know, where are we at? What are the actuals right now? And, you know, are we gonna be profitable in this? So really like there are no surprises ever because if we're going to, you know, um, spend over our budget, I typically can see that early on. And then it's a conversation with the client to say, hey, um, you know, we agreed on A, B, C, and D. And now you're asking for more, right? Or we're doing more. And so we need to kind of fill in that gap. Um, But as far as the financials, yeah, it's not a lot that I'm looking at right now, but I just want to make sure that the the health um, of the organization is in a good place and that we're tracking towards the goals that we'd set out for those quarterly outputs. And you said that's on a weekly basis uh, that you look at or? uh... That's on a a weekly basis, yeah. Um, yeah. And I kind of, like I said, the goal for the podcast is to get very tactical on that. Uh, do you have segment specific hours in your calendar to do like a weekly review? Or is it just like at any point on Fridays? How, how do you kind of like organize your, your schedule to make time to keep an eye, an eye on finances? 
any point yeah in the week really like Wednesdays are typically my day where I can like focus and get a lot of that admin work done or Friday afternoons um, for a couple of reasons typically that's when the emails will slow down from clients and whatnot and that's where like I typically don't really book meetings in the afternoons on Fridays so I'm clearing out my inbox I'm getting a bit set up for the next week and I'm looking and seeing how did the week do what, what, what um, invoices are outstanding, what came through the bank accounts, you know, um, and then I'm sending out invoice reminders and I'm checking and seeing how are we tracking, you know, daily, weekly towards our quarterly goals. So yeah, typically it's one day a week. I don't have it in my calendar though. I probably should as like a rule of thumb, but yeah, it's really just one of those things where it's kind of on my checklist for end of the week to make sure that it gets done before I close up that week of business. Interesting. I love that. Uh, I have a couple more questions, Marquis, before we go. Uh, sure. One of them is uh, what area of running an agent, you know, from sales, from finances, to systems, to building a team, is the one that you have seen personally struggle the most with? Uh, what's the one um, you know, side of business that you're like, this doesn't come as naturally to me as maybe like systems and processes does for you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, prior to MediaCrate, I was in management um and so i would say like the part that doesn't come naturally to me even though i spent a lot of time in it is people management mm. and specifically um managing the needs and the various complexities of those relationships um i'll give you a perfect example typically when i get on a call with someone i know it's like all right we're going to talk about the weather <laughs> we're going to talk about covid and how they're doing and then we're going to jump right in right um that like natural ability to like get in and like talk off the cuff and build rapport and like get to really know that person on personal level like i i struggle with that so that's on like the client prospecting side but internally i mean we have a channel within slack called front office and there was a time when um you know one of our employees they'd be like the champion of this every monday morning they'd come in and be like how's everyone's weekend and they're sharing photos and then everyone's sharing photos we're talking about our weekend and throughout the week there's check-ins around that stuff and like this monday i didn't do it mm -hmm. um where are we at now now it's tuesday um and i had the opportunity to do it someone else did it in the channel because like they're thinking about it we're sharing about our day the sun is shining i went outside with the kids i took them for a walk i'm just i'm never thinking about that stuff right. i'm always just like i got a full calendar today i got business to do i got things i have sales calls i need to be on i have podcasts i'm not thinking how's everyone doing let me connect with them one-on-one -on -one. Um, it's so important to do that. And I like it when it happens, but that's never my first thought. And that's one thing that I struggle with a lot is like making time and thinking about those connections. But like when it happens, it's great. We went out for a team lunch last week, right? We all, a bunch of us met up, you know, in a, in a spot that's close to all of us. We had lunch. It was awesome. Um, every Wednesday now we have no meeting Wednesdays and um our client success manager you know kind of said every wednesday we're gonna have like a team lunch and we're just gonna kind of come in hang out no pressure right so i'm thankful for people on the team that like initiate those kinds of things but when it comes to managing a team i struggle with that and i want to get better at it i know that people want it i know that they want the leader to take the active role i'm just not good at it <laughs> i wish i was yeah, yeah, I saw that too. I've started to be more of that lately. 
but I have to think about it. I have to be like, like it's on my calendar mm-hmm. to be like Monday morning check-in with the team and yes. Friday yeah. night, like Friday afternoon, be like, have a great weekend. Like it's literally on my calendar because otherwise yes. I'll forget about it. It's not that I don't care about them. Yeah. It's that I, I don't need them to ask me, but I should ask them. Uh, yeah. And then last question that I have before we go, and I know we're almost out of time. Um, can you tell us a bit more about like where you see Dito in the next five years? Like when you when you're thinking, yeah, absolutely. Long term about Dito, how's that look like? Yeah, um, I don't follow this individual, but you you can't really get away from him when it comes to online. But you know, Gary V, I saw a post the other day, and he says, you know, stop making content for the internet. You know, just start making content for what you want to be known for, right? And so my goal is that when people think about Asana, when they think about process documentation improvement, is that they think about Ditto, right? I mean, we're up in Canada, but you know, um, as Canadian Solutions Partner, as the first Canadian Solutions Partners, we want to be known for the go-to shop for anything: process improvement, workflow automation, and project management systems. Um, that's what five years from now kind of looks like. Not that we're at that level yet, but when it comes to consultancy, like we want to be playing in the space of, you know, um, those Deloitte's and, you know, people that are doing high level management consulting, um, implementing ERPs and things like that. And so that's really the goal is to have a team of project management specialists, um, business specialists, integration specialists um, coming in, assessing businesses, implementing automation and ways to make business better. I think, that's what it is. Um, There was a a slogan that we started off with, which was, you know, um, make work easier over and over again, right? That repetitive nature. And so it's like, that's what we want to do. We want to come in, we want to assess where things are at. We want to make their work better over and over again so that, you know, whatever we touch, whatever we come into, we leave it better. Really is simply what it is. Um, Whether that is 10 people on the team or 50 people on the team, I don't know. As long as we're hitting that that goal, I think I'd be happy with that. I love it. Uh, Marquis, thank you so much for your time. Uh, if anyone wants to work with you, first of all, I personally can vouch for them. Like we're working together uh, and mm-hmm. Marquis and your team is amazing. If anyone right. wants to work with you and reach out to you, uh, what's the best way to get in touch? Yeah, uh, my email is Marquis, M-A-R-Q-U-I-S, at thinkditto.com. I'm also on LinkedIn, Marquis Murray. I'm always on LinkedIn, so that's probably the best way. Send me a DM, send me a connection request. I'd love to connect with you. Perfect. Awesome, Marquis. Uh, once again, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, uh, you being here, and, and thank you again. You're welcome. Thanks for this. Awesome. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye-bye. Cheers.